to the Trees and Nylon podcast. I am your host, Trees and Nylon. You can call me Trees. And I am joined today by the film camera caliph and the man who co-created everyone's favorite chalk bags, at least my favorite chalk bags, available at shop.fieldmag.com. One left, get it while it's hot. Um, it is Mr. Fieldmag himself. Thank you so much for coming on the pod today. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, for course. the record... My name is Graham, but you know, oh, Mr. I, didn't, I didn't know if it was taboo to tell the, to tell the public. <laughs> no, no, the people know I am unfortunately quite Googleable. So, you uh, know, no secrets in 2022. I'm trying my best. People still don't know. I, you know, my real name, but I don't know if, I mean, people who come on the pod know my real name as well, but I'm pretty secretive. I'm yeah, I like mis- that mysterious boy. Yeah, I like the the blurred photos and the emoji <laughs> faces on on the IG. It's good. You got to keep people guessing, man. Yeah, it's fun. It's like a little game. It's like a little game. Can't give it all, all away for free, you know. No, 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 no. You know, once I hit like a certain threshold, then I I might start showing my face a little bit. But yeah, you got to pay all that, man. You know, like that's true. Come on, feet picks ain't free. <laughs> <laughs> those definitely aren't free, but the face picks, those will come before the feet picks. <laughs> well, Graham, uh, thank you so much for coming on again. This is the Trees and Nylon podcast. For anyone who doesn't know, we talk about trees and also nylon, going through a past, present, and future progression with both those topics. So my question for you at the top of the episode is, what do you want to start with, trees or nylon? You gotta go trees, right? Gotta start with trees. Right. Very, very good choice. Very good choice. Um, so yeah, tell me a little bit how you got started. I guess introduce yourself first, and then we can talk about how you got started and all that in the in the going outside um, business. I guess. Yeah, of course. Uh, well, I grew up in uh, the Great Northwest, uh, born and raised in Portland, Oregon. And then my family moved up to Seattle, Washington, and I went to high school there. And, you know, very classic Northwest upbringing, like everybody there is outdoorsy, just sort of by the local culture. Um, I mean, not everybody, but, you know, by and large. Um, So grew up skating, riding bikes, just running around in the woods. Um, Very fortunate that my parents... I have like a small cabin on Mount Mm. Hood down in Oregon. So I grew up spending summers there, um, you know, just running around. Um, But, you know, it wasn't until much later in life that I got like serious into sort of, you know, air quotes around serious into uh, outdoorsing. You know, I never really owned hiking boots or tent or anything like that till I was Mm -hmm. like, you know, in my 20s. So... And what, what made you buy the hiking boot in the tents? <laughs> well, I lived in New Zealand for oh, wow. uh, a little under a year. Um, I grew up really involved in snowboarding and, and mm-hmm. um, sort of chased that dream for a little bit and did the endless winter for a couple of years. Um, Mount Hood in Oregon is, just happens to be one of the only places in North America you can snowboard ski year round. You say um, the endless winter? Yeah. That is yeah. such a cool name for something. What is it? What is the endless winter? <laughs> well, the endless winter is like, you know, you do winter and wherever in the northern hemisphere is where there's winter, and then you go okay. to like New Zealand or something oh, for their winter, which is your there. summer. Yeah, yeah. 
So um, I did that. And then, but you can snowboard year round on Mount Hood and outside Portland, Oregon. Um, mm. They have a massive snow field up on the big volcano and you can, all the snowboard camps happen there every summer. You know, uh, all the Olympic athletes from around the world come and they ride half pipe or do ski racing and stuff like that. So I was fortunate enough to just happen to like grow up around that. Um, and that, that sort of lifestyle of just snowboarding and traveling and like trying to, um, you know, hook myself off things and pray I don't get hurt. Uh, that was a number of years of my youth. Um, so I don't know what your question was. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess the question was kind of, oh, uh, shoot. What was my question? We're, t- we're, just, we're talking about how you got started in it all. Uh, so yeah. you fell in love with snowboarding. You moved oh, yeah, around you asked, to pursue you snowboarding. Asked, yeah, you asked when I bought the hiking boots and stuff. Yeah, I went to oh, New yeah, Zealand. Yeah. <laughs> I went to New Zealand and it happened to be like kind of a shitty snow year. And, mm-hmm. um, and so I just did a lot of like hiking. They have some pretty incredible um legendary like massive long trails there the mm. i can't pronounce them there um <laughs> generally named after like indigenous maori words um that i should know how to pronounce but i don't um but there's some incredible incredible trails there and you know we were just surfing and like sleeping on beaches and doing stuff like this and the dream yeah it was a lot of fun you know i was I was younger and hadn't quite developed an interest in photography to a degree where I have anything to look back on, but I've got some foggy memories that were, you know, that are still fun. And that was probably around the time where I was like, okay, camping and hiking and stuff is, is a good thing. I should, um, you should should do this more often. Yeah. 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 Just being around it constantly. I could understand. And being around like the coolest version of it, which is literally just wild camping, doing whatever you want, sleeping on the beach, not having to worry about disrupting your neighbors at a campsite or like being in an overcrowded national park or something. Totally. Yeah. I mean, raw version. A hundred percent. And, you know, I'm super fortunate to have grown up in an area where there's tons of public land. You know, Mm -hmm. we don't have that in the New York or in on the much of the East Coast where I live now. Um, but growing up in Portland, Seattle areas, like, man, I mean, we moved around a fair amount, but I had a couple houses that just backed onto forest. My brother, oh, wow. older brother and I would just go run around and like, mm-hmm. you know, whatever, shoot each other with paintballs <laughs> or just like go build forts. And, yeah. um, you know, I, I'm definitely thankful to just like, I mean, that's all we knew. And that's, that's what a lot of, um, Thankfully, I was like a lot of what our friends had and stuff as well. So it was, uh, it was really like formative and pretty rad. But now living in New York for so many years, it's pretty, uh, it's so different. I mean, duh, New York State's very different, but <laughs> like New York State and even just outside, um, just outside the city centers, there's just not that much public land. Mm. So it's, it's, uh, you know, I'm definitely like, I'm, I'm thankful that my folks decided to stick around where they grew up as well. Yeah. Does the Appalachian trail go through New York at all? The AT does. It goes through, um, like I think, I think you can actually take the train up to Harriman state park and Mm -hmm. hike part of the AT. Oh, Um, you can access AT from Harriman. Yeah, I think so. I don't know. Now I'm on record. I'll saying just get that, your word, but... I'm not going to Google it. <laughs> yeah, nobody. I'll just believe you. 
Yeah, nobody fact-checked that. Um, yeah. But, I mean, there there is somewhere that you can take a train. There's, like, a actually a train stop that I believe is just, like, an AT trail. Or um, mm. you can get off. But uh, Yeah, nice. But yeah, I mean, the Pacific Crest Trail, more relevantly for mm-hmm. my upbringing, that goes right past our, our family cabin and up mm-hmm. through, you know, the ski hill I grew up at in Washington State called Snoqualmie Pass. You know, they, the... Uh, PCT goes right there. And I mean, I grew up working at Timberline Lodge. I shouldn't say grew up, but in college, I worked at Timberline Lodge on Mount Mm -hmm. Hood, which is shout out where they filmed the outside of The Shining. Mm. Nice. Um, But that is like a, uh, that's a famous stop on the PCT, obviously, because it's just this incredible uh, volcano Mm-hmm. and an amazing lodge um but it's where a lot of pct through hikers send themselves packages you know okay mm-hmm. um yeah, yeah, yeah so i worked there in the summers and i would like on lunch breaks there would be like pct through hikers just chilling you know like drinking a beer or you know eating a burger from the restaurant just mm-hmm. massive beards and rad gear and stuff so that was probably the first my first like understanding or taste of like long trail hiking and stuff, yeah, which was cool to think back on. What was, hmm, it's a hard question to answer, but I'm going to ask it. What was your favorite experience outdoors in, I don't know, not including <laughs> like the last, not including like the last like two or three years, like, farther back what was like your favorite it can be anything it'd be surfing related snowboarding related like outdoor experience like a story you could tell you said to remember six so i'm gonna try to get all six out of you (laughs) oh man that's tough um i mean once sort of uncon like not immediately outdoorsy but definitely outside Mm -hmm. dang uh some friends and i did like a motorcycle ride from new york to la seven oh, wow. eight years ago and that was a lot of fun we got oh, a lot of take we did it in like eight eight or nine days it was too wow. fast we rode yeah it was pretty gnarly we had a lot of gnarly weather and Oof. i like lost my mind riding through a storm <laughs> on the way to marfa and all this stuff it was pretty fun um that was cool but that's not like conventionally outdoorsy um i mean one thing that i love that is on sort of an ongoing building memory is each summer I, I go backpacking with my dad and uncle oh, and cousin. Nice. Um, and now another uncle has joined us. So mm. it's a bunch of us go hiking and we do like a little section of the PCT, um, Very cool. up in Washington state or Oregon. So mm-hmm. that's something that I like to do. That's a good memory. It's it not very good, very good. It's story, very wholesome. But it's very it's, wholesome. <laughs> yeah. Nice. <laughs> Uh, um, I should have a better answer for you, but maybe something will come to mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's okay. If you remember, just just bring it up. Uh, but with that being said, we can move on to your present right now okay. with the trees section. Um, tell me a little bit about your schedule. I mean, you're a busy man. I've been trying to schedule this for a while, and you're like, "Oh, I'm actually going to be out of town for two weeks. Oh, I'm going out of town for another week after that." Actually, um, <laughs> doing crazy stuff. I saw you. You went to the Arcteryx Climbing Academy. Is that right? I did. Yeah. Line. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Um, shout out folks at Arcteryx. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was rad. I mean, I grew up spending a lot of time in Whistler, uh, mm-hmm. 
which is right next to Squamish. And we mm-hmm. always kind of just drove through Squamish because I didn't climb when I was younger. I got into that much later in life. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was really cool to go to like this little town that I've, you know, I've been to the gas station there 10 times, <laughs> but I've, I've never really been to this, the town and yeah. to, to see the, um, Stawamas chief and, you know, the, the incredible, uh, rock formations around there that I've just driven past so many times when I was younger, uh, to see that scale and like in the perspective of climbing was pretty just like awe-inspiring. Mm-hmm. Um, and there, and there's so many rad folks there. But uh, that trip was a lot of fun. I got to go visit another friend who uh, lives on Vancouver Island. And mm. yeah, anytime you get to go to the Northwest, you know, you got to go visit a couple of places. Yeah. Um, how um, long have you been climbing for? Uh, not too long, like four or five years. I kind of made fun of it for not, a long time. And then I finally got into it. <laughs> you know, not too long. Well, I mean, here's the thing. Rock climbers are so the rock climbers that I know at least are kind of corny, you know, <laughs> especially if you're coming from like a background of skating and surfing and like the cool stuff that people do. Rock climbers are like, they can't dress very well. Um, yeah, I mean, climbers are certainly, they're sort of like mountain bikers. They're like so specific in what they do. And mm-hmm. it's pretty like inaccessible to a lot of people. I mean, certainly yeah. more so now with so many climbing gyms, but climbers mm-hmm. in general have pretty awful style, but also like, <laughs> But it's kind of fun when you nerd out on that stuff. And I mean, on to kind of counter what you said there, though, like a lot, I got into climbing because a lot of the friends I skate with got into climbing. And there is sort of a similar um, mental battle I found Mm -hmm. in bouldering um, where you know what you need to do, but it's difficult. But you have to figure out how to make your body move in that way. (laughs) It's like, okay, mm-hmm. how do you make, you know, a skateboard do a kickflip? Well, you just like flick your foot and it flips around and you land on it. It's like pretty easy when you think about it, but yeah. you know, that but took, execution but, is but, a it, lot but it took me years to figure that out. You exactly. know? And it's like, so climbing is sort of a similar thing where it's sort of a, just a one-on-one, uh, you know, relationship with you and the wall and, or, you know, your route, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think I also really enjoy, you know, for the record, I am awful at surfing and I'm just sort of relearning that. So we can't really lump that into my, I have no cash more credit. Yeah. Thank you. But I have no cachet with surfing. Um, okay. it's basically just been like years and years of trying not to drown. Uh, Beautiful. but you know, but growing up skating and snowboarding and being, you know, pretty heavily involved in those, um, interested in those activities, like mm-hmm. so much of it is, you know, uh, individual style and, and how you, you know, your trick selection and all these things. And so it's fun to go to something new, like climbing where I was a total kook and had like no real understanding of Mm -hmm. the culture of like how you interact with one another. And it was, I, I enjoyed just going to the gyms by myself and just kind of, you know, climbing, but also during my breaks, just like, we're just, just observing and watching the way that mm-hmm. other climbers are interacting with each other. Okay. You know, I, when I first started climbing, I was wearing like athletic apparel, you know, like, uh, whatever, uh, dry fit shirt or something yeah, stupid. Yeah. Right. Think it like, I thought like, Oh, it's what you wear to like a, a weightlifting a gym. gym. Yeah. Yeah. 
but then yeah, I quickly realized, oh, okay, the good climbers wear like Carhartts or Dickies and like a cotton t-shirt. Okay, yeah. so I should stop wearing this. And it was, you know, it was like a fun natural progression of just like observing the way that the good climbers and the cool climbers are interacting with themselves, with the gym, mm-hmm. with the environment, their clothing, all this stuff. And so it's fun to like, I mean, I, you know, I, I skateboarded since like my dad would ride down the hill with me on his feet. So like, I don't really remember having that same outsider's perspective on that activity. Mm -hmm. And so it was quite fun to have that with um, climbing. And then in terms of surfing, I'm just a kook. I don't know anything, but you know, it's still fun. Yeah. Nice. Well, I, I'm actually new at, bouldering specifically i don't i don't do any actual rock climbing but in bouldering i've been doing it for maybe three or four months at this point and i've i've just hit that level where i'm like confident enough to try and talk to people like i have enough skill under my belt and like jargon in my brain as far as bouldering goes that i can actually like (laughs) oh you could have put your foot there like you had a hold you didn't see to people who are like my level or maybe worse than me right Um, well hey but fair warning uh you know, you don't want a beta spray is what um, they call oh, it, yeah? really? which is where you just start volunteering, uh, uh beta or like volunteering advice because uh-huh. that's like sort of looked down upon. Is um, it? yeah, because you know, a lot of climbing is like, like I was saying, it's like figuring it out on your own. If someone tells you how to move your body or like um, where, you know, what hold to grab prior to the other or to do, you know, flag this way or whatever. Um, then that, you're you're potentially i mean nine times out of ten people might appreciate it but that other time maybe that person was like enjoying the struggle of trying to figure out how to do it so often i have found that you know a better approach is to even just ask like you know do you want some help do you yeah or yeah yeah. just like hey you know i climbed that one earlier do you want uh you know some beta on it like okay whatever yeah because there was there was one time last week where I went in and someone offered like, you know, you could have moved your foot up before you made that leap. And uh, I was like, oh, thanks. And the next time I saw him, I'm like, hey, I didn't I didn't mean to offend you or anything. Uh, I was I was just trying to help out. I was like, no, I, I didn't care. Like, it was very helpful. I didn't see that I had the hold. And yeah. They were very apologetic. I, they felt like I was offended by that. And I said, no, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I wasn't offended by it. But now <laughs> I get it. Now I get it. Well, I mean, also, you know, climbers are also, I've, I've, I find like pretty, uh, like neurotic and kind of in our own heads and stuff. So yeah, I, I think any, you know, any social interaction after the pandemic is like, <laughs> at least, uh, you know, I keep me up at night. And it's like, why did I say that? <laughs> yeah. I understand that. So it invariably happen after this conversation. Yeah. No, no worry. Like just know that when we're done with this conversation, I'm going to go and like talk to all my friends about all the dumb things you said, and we're all going to laugh about it for a long time. So yeah, that's, that's fine. Uh-huh. I hope that you do the same. <laughs> I plan on quitting uh media immediately after this. <laughs> yeah, choosing not on podcast so just you. ruined you. Couldn't <laughs> <laughs> take the heat. Couldn't take the yeah. heat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice, man. Well, uh, with that, um, how many how much are you getting out these days? Like what does your weekly or monthly schedule look like as far as seeing the great outdoors? Yeah, it's a good question. Uh so for anyone to like kind of backtrack a little, I live in New York City now. I live in uh, the East Village in Manhattan. Yeah, what's your address? Uh, like full address. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm on 69th Street. 
420 nice. plays. Oh, uh, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it's a lot of fun. I've been living in Brooklyn in various, uh, neighborhoods over the last like 12, 13 years. And, mm. and my partner and I just moved to the city, which is a lot of fun. Um, you know, it's easier to get upstate from the city, but it's harder to get to the beach. Mm. Um, but in general, you know, people, people often are very surprised when I live in New York and I run, you know, an outdoors publication, however you want to describe field mag, but, uh, (laughs) you know, the Catskills, which is our local kind of mountain range outdoorsy area is just up the Hudson Valley, you know, two to three hours away. It's not that bad. Um, Mm. the Adirondacks are much further. Mm. They're up near, uh, the Canadian border, but the Adirondacks Mm. is incredible. Adirondack Park is a very underrated um, area. It is the second, I believe it's the largest um, protected land area in the lower 48 United States. It's a, yeah, it's a really, really, New York state has a really unique relationship with public lands um, because I mean, obviously, like parks and and stuff in in New York City, that's a whole other conversation. But upstate, the Catskills is quite a massive preserve. And then um, the Adirondacks has this really unique combination of public and private lands where there's just a general understanding over like, it's some crazy, like 200,000 acres or something um, of protected lands that's actually written into the New York state constitution that they will be left really? forever. Wi- yeah. Forever wild is like the, the actual term. That's pretty sick. Um, it more is cool it's, terminology coming out of your mouth forever wild, the endless winter. I don't know what I'm going to call the episode anymore, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, I told you it's, it's trees and Dyneema. Trees and Di- Oh yeah, sure. You did email me that. You just got to say it. So people are like, Oh, he said in the pot, you can do like the soy jack and point at the screen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah uh but yeah i mean my relationship with the outdoors now it's like you know I, i've been trying to do these like 4 a.m uh take the subway to the beach dawn patrol surf missions mm-hmm. which has been a lot of fun mm-hmm. um shout out my friends trevor and hans for dragging me into that uh so i've been doing that a lot new york is actually a really great beach town people don't realize it um really i wouldn't yeah i wouldn't think it yeah, yeah, huge surfing community here. It's crazy. There's like thousands of people in the water on any given day. It's really wow. crazy. I mean, the majority of them are like me and are, you know, relatively new to it. Um, but there's some rippers out there. Um, you know, if you've never read Barbarian Days, Mm-mm. uh, and you got to get on that. That's an iconic book by Bill Finnegan about coming of age surfing in new york san francisco all sorts of places mm-hmm. um but anyways I, i'm quite tangent prone as you could tell but <laughs> it's makes you know, for great podcasting man uh, yeah yeah he just one question 30 minutes later <laughs> i'm like covered you know all my family history and everything <laughs> yeah uh but you know at the same time like jfk is only 45 minutes an hour away uh the airport so i can go wherever mm-hmm. i need to go um and yeah, I've got all sorts of outdoors gear and whatnot in my folks house back in Oregon. So if I need nice. to go out there and do some fun stuff, it's not hard. You know, I, I'm thankful that uh, I've got that, that kind of backbone there. 
And, um, and there's a lot of great folks in New York city who are super into outdoors, go hiking, camping, you know, it's like, I, I've always argued that there's more outdoor lovers in New York city than there is in the whole state of Wyoming. Why? Just because there's more people in New York or? <laughs> yeah. I mean, cause there's like 600,000 people who live in Wyoming, yeah, um, true. <laughs> but I mean, it's not, it's more like the point of the saying something like that is more of just like, just because it's a massive city doesn't mean that there aren't, you know, people representing every single type of, you know, interest in, in, in group and, you know, demographic and what have you. Mm -hmm. Interesting. So, well, yeah. I wouldn't have known. I wouldn't have guessed it either. Yeah. Well, don't fact check that either. But. Okay. Well, I'm not yet. Yeah, listen, anything you say, I'm just going to believe, like I have no reason <laughs> not to trust you. So you gotta, you gotta stop saying not to fact check you. Cause I'm not going to. Yeah. I mean, Hey, I work on the internet where anything you write is true. So it's law is what it Especially is. Especially all the misspelled words that I have in every article. So it's that's, just those are actually what it correct. is. You know, exactly. <laughs> those are actually <laughs> correct. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Um, well, let's move on to the future. Uh, okay. Where are some places you want to go? Hikes you want to go on? Could be international, domestic, anything like that. Yeah, that's a fun question. Mm -hmm. uh you know i was just talking with my cousin on our last uh, family hike is we want to i want i want to do the like washington section of the pct i've never done a hike for more than six or seven days mm -hmm. so i would love to like do a multi-week hike um i don't think i'd ever want to actually through hike any of the long trails but who knows maybe maybe but uh i'd like to do the washington section just because it's like the north cascades just mind-blowing um and so maybe that would be cool to do someday. I'd like to go to Portugal. I feel mm. like a lot of friends have been going there for many years and okay. laid on that train, but I would love to go. Go. There's some great surf there um, that mm. I could go embarrass myself in. <laughs> and Master the skills. Yeah, I would love to go back to New Zealand and actually like not be a total dipshit this time and like <laughs> and actually you know be more aware of like what i was doing and, and where i was going and stuff so mm -hmm. those are a few things nice well those are all very good answers those i'd like to go to good. alaska alaska oh. is sort of the final frontier i want to go snowboard in alaska that'd be sweet snowboard in alaska Make sure you bring your uh your shotgun with you for all the bears <laughs> No, no guns. No guns bears for the bears? Our friends. Yeah, bears, bears are, our, are friends. our friends. You see yeah. the revenant. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> funny story about, about bears being our friends. I don't know. This might have been... I have a now defunct Patreon. Don't subscribe uh. to it. It's everyone <laughs> listening. Don't. I haven't posted on it in probably like two months. I, I don't have time for it right now, but it'll be good. Come back eventually. Uh, yeah. Just keep it in your mind, but don't, don't do anything with it yet. But anyway... Um, Backcountry Archives, an account on here. Um, I'm pretty sure it was on there that he talked about going. He does a lot of fly fishing in Montana, mm. and there's a lot of brown bears up there. And he said that there's been a lot of moments where he has uh, just been fly fishing, and then just a little bit downstream, there's a bunch of brown bears fishing for food, like, you know, 20 feet away from him. Yeah. And so those ones are your friends. I mean, brown bears can be friendly. So grizzly bears. That will uh that will kill you eventually. Like that one guy who said that he was friends with grizzly bears in Alaska. Yeah, that dude's a psycho. Yeah, well he's he's dead. 
they killed well, him. So <laughs> and, and ate him afterwards. Just yeah, put him out there. Maybe they're the animals. They're all wild animals. Like they're not naturally no, they're no, naturally no. cautious for, of humans, you know? For sure. I mean, I think I mean black bears to be oversimplified, black bears are kind of like giant raccoons. Um, I mean, they will fuck you up if you're, you know, in the wrong yeah. place at the right time. But uh, yeah, never grizzly bears, I've, bear. I've never really had to, I've never had an encounter with a grizzly bear and I hope that is the case. Uh, a, a quick side story mm-hmm. to mention another podcast, Seth Rogen actually had a really funny podcast for, it was only like seven or eight episodes, mm-hmm. uh, where he just had people come on and tell stories. I think it was called story time. Okay. Uh, but, <laughs> but this total, I bring yeah. it up because there's this psycho episode where his like because <laughs> he's canadian he's from vancouver bc mm-hmm. uh, and he tells this incredible he has i think it's his wife's brother-in-law or something like that or it wouldn't okay. be a lot wife's i don't know some relative of his wife uh is this like great cool outdoorsy guy uh, who gets attacked by a grizzly bear and just tells this absolutely batshit story of surviving a grizzly bear attack. And it's just the gnarliest thing. Uh, but it's a really fun, interesting story. It's quite, uh, you know, grizzly for lack of a better word, uh, yeah, that's good. at times, but Hey, you know, if you guys listening and got a long drive ahead of you or, you know, flying an airplane or something, mm-hmm. check that one out. It's pretty wild. It's not, I mean, I might make you never want to see a bear again. (laughs) Maybe I'll never want to see a grizzly bear. I've never seen a grizzly bear, actually. I've spent a lot of time. mm, That's a lie. I've spent some time up in like (laughs) Glacier, Yellowstone. I've been up there a few times and I've never seen Mm -hmm. a grizzly bear once. I've seen a moose and I haven't seen a grizzly bear. Oh, wow. Which I think that's illogical. I'm pretty sure I should, should have seen a bear at this point. But anyway, I've seen black bears down where I am. Yeah. But that's that's old news no one cares about the black bears it's all about it's all about the ones that can kill you you know or that will actively try to kill you yeah it's yeah. not fun unless there's some danger involved right Maybe a little bit of danger yeah um well awesome let's move on now to the nylon section of okay. this podcast and since i don't know you very well we just met it's our first date um how into clothing and stuff are you or are you not that much yeah, I think I, I would say that I'm I have an interest in clothing. Okay, cool. We can do the segment as planned then. Yeah, tell me yeah. a little bit how you got started with getting into clothing, dressing yourself. And since this is our first date and your camera's off because you said your Wi Fi is bad, uh tell me a little <laughs> bit about how you do dress, if you would describe it as this this Gorp core thing that's going on, or if it's something in between. That's funny. Okay. Well, yeah, I'm sorry I'm not giving you like the full full bod no, it's right all good. now. It's all good. I wanted you to stand up from the camera and do like a spin for me, but it's fine. Yeah, right. Uh <laughs> clap my loafers. Um <laughs> yeah. No, well, I mean, you know, just inherently growing up skateboarding in the nineties mm-hmm. and early two thousands, like that informs very much my, you know aesthetic or just like how mm-hmm. I understood the relationship between like clothing and how you're seen and how you look and uh, you know how you want to present yourself and that sort of yeah. thing. I mean, I, I went to a small Catholic high school where I was definitely the only skateboarder and I was, you know, a lot of people snowboarded, but I was like the only like snowboarder like that identified as that. And that was a funny era of like, you know, uh, they hadn't made tight, to, to date myself here they hadn't made like tight jeans for men yet 
So mm. if you wanted to wear tight jeans, you had to wear like women's jeans. Oh, um, so you're, um, you're in the women's section of well, PJ Maxx. I, had, crazy. I, <laughs> I think I had one pair, but th- that was like more my like late middle school and into early high school. And then, mm. um, you know, so I definitely had an embarrassing, like really tight pants phase, um, yeah. in the, the late aughts. And then, you know, by like, uh, getting into college and, um, it definitely, you know, things got a little looser shirts, got a little bigger, got rid of all the extra medium tees. <laughs> Thank God. Uh, but you know, in, in college I had a close friend, um, still a close friend today who, uh, was studying architecture and later became mm. an architect and he was from Detroit and he interned in New York and I actually visited him in New York. And that was the first time you know, I'd ever even considered New York. And I got yeah. here and I was like, Holy shit, man, I got to live here at some point. Um, <laughs> and just being around that friend, Steve, you know, he was super in style and stuff. Yeah. Shout out Steve. Um, he, you know, that was definitely like influential and like getting me out of just being like in dipshit snowboard bro Mm -hmm. and being more interested in like, you know, like Japanese labels and these sort of things. And, uh, and then I got like pretty heavily into it when I first moved to New York in like 2010, uh, 2011, Mm -hmm. I started, uh, working, I started like getting some bylines and writing about men's style um you know there's some like defunct bylines on like old complex style or maybe Mm -hmm. even like you know my buddy noah started four pins so i was kind of around that okay and um yeah i was like writing about men's style for a bit in that period um before like when it was hashtag menswear yeah um before the kind of streetwear thing happened Mm-hmm. And so that was a lot of fun. And, but when I first started writing, I was more interested in like design. So I wrote about interior design and furniture and industrial design stuff. And, you know, got to go to all the design fairs around the world and, and do all that fun stuff. And so that kind of coincided with writing about men's style. Um, and I did that for a number of years and that was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you know, yeah. Wrote, I mean, that for, sounds, uh, you definitely had, you definitely had all have these stories in a uh, high stability print mag for a while. I guess, you know, wrote one of the very first stories on ALD. Shout out. Um, really? You were one of the yeah. first ones to break the news. How do you feel about that now that ALD well, has become the monstrosity I mean, that it is today? I was, I was one of the first people to just like have teddy or you know to email with teddy or something it wasn't okay as it was just coincident you no, you put aod on the map that's what yeah, you did that's yeah. what you need to take credit oh, for God. Put that on the resume. Here's, here's the fact check that we really <laughs> need um no but there was a lot of fun fun opportunities like that because that was like a really cool era it was like kind of instagram wasn't quite or i mean it was happening but not really you know tumblr was still relative like street styling was big you know, we'd go to the fashion shows or whatever and try and get street styled and all that embarrassing stuff. Um, mm. So anyways, yeah, that is also saying... line taking pictures of people with Emily Oberg. No, well, I will say that I have never been uh, into Supreme and I'm, and I, I, you know, it's just not for me. So You've never I, been I, into the store? Uh, actually, the one time I went in there, my buddy got a skateboard because we were skating. He broke a deck and we were near the shop and then he was trying to uh-huh. set it up 
on the bench in the shop and they were like, yo, this isn't a skate shop. Get out of here. <laughs> they really? They said that. <laughs> yeah. That was pretty funny. No, well, I was just kind wild. of, um, you know, I mean, I always, I grew up, you know, when I was younger, I would see Supreme stickers and stuff like that, but I didn't grow up in that scene in New York. So I always kind of felt like, you know, if, if you skateboard and you have allegiance towards like your local shop, and and that was not my local shop. And I was, I mm. mean, I thought Supreme yeah. was cool, but I was just like, it's not, you know, I can't start repping it. I'm not from there. I didn't grow up doing this. And it's funny to have that mentality now, how such a global company is and stuff. Um, but that's just a side tangent. Um, <laughs> but don't don't be out there trying to say that I've been in the Supreme lines, bro. No, no, no. You weren't in the Supreme lines. You were taking the photos <laughs> of Supreme lines and you were you were holding the camera for Emily Oberg while she was recording people buying crowbars and stuff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No. Yeah, I mean, uh, I've, I've heard horror stories about how rude Supreme employees are. Um, so. I mean, it's part of their shtick, you know, whatever. I it thought, is, it's yeah. hilarious. I, I mean, I've told that story, you know, it's like I'm giving them free advertising, so it's funny. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, I think they do a lot of, a lot of cool stuff. It's just, um, mm. you know, not for me at times, but, uh, yeah, but yeah that is all to say, you know, my relationship with clothing is like, well, around 2014 or so, like when streetwear and sneakers really took over pretty immediately, I was just like, I kind of was finding myself getting assigned, um, you know, like style stories of labels that I didn't really care for that didn't really align. And up until that point, everything I was trying to write about was stuff that I was interested in. Mm -hmm. And so when that shift kind of happened, I was like, okay, well, I'm not really interested in this. I don't really want to have to write some big feature on a brand that I don't like, even though, you know, maybe it's blowing up. So I kind of had to make the conscious decision of like, I mean, I'm like a mid lane style editor. That's like, (laughs) you know, Mm-hmm. <laughs> has much more important friends, but it's not really significant. I should probably focus on doing yeah. something, you know, something that's more interesting to me. Mm-hmm. And at that point, I was, you know, getting some bylines and more endemic outdoor magazines. And um, and I was like, okay, well, uh, you know, I was starting to write about the intersection of outdoors and fashion and style and like covering brands like Snow Peak and and stuff like that. And so I decided, well, I could probably you know, there's gotta be other people out there that are interested in, in style and interested in the outdoors and interested in like, you know, um, making sure that everything that they interact with is like well-designed and beautiful. And, Mm -hmm. um, and so field mag kind of grew out of that intersection of like my childhood of being interested, you know, growing up outdoors and then later in life being obsessed with, um, design. So that's when, and I, I worked at Hearst for a little while and, mm. uh, while I was launching Field Mag. And, and now, um, so all that sort of informs the the dress. I mean, now I just wear like Carhartts and a big, big ass t-shirt from the local like workwear store or whatever. <laughs> I mean, it's the best way to do it, man. Yeah. Best way to so do it. I, I mean, having moved to Manhattan from, from Brooklyn, it's like pretty embarrassing. I'm like, damn, I need to start dressing better. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's really cool is like not caring is the coolest thing you can do. So if you just keep on dressing the way that you are now, people be like, oh, wow, style icon. Because you're just in your own lane at this point. I mean, I would assume everyone there. I mean, is wearing... I need to be like 20 years older for that to like look good. It just looks mm. slubby now. <laughs> oh, I understand. I understand. No, no, no. Uh, Fashion is just about yeah, confidence. It doesn't matter what yeah, you're wearing. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, like I definitely 
you know, I've, I've, I've invested in some pieces here and there. We got a lot of wonder. We got some South to estate, some, you know, old school penalties you know. or, you know, yeah, a lot of that, but a lot of like funky Scandinavian brands mm. as well. There's some cool, cool stuff happening there. Of course. Um, of course, always, but yeah, you know, it's sort of, I don't, I don't do the sneaker, the like, you know, I don't have all the cool guy Solomon's <laughs> sneakers. Um, oh, really? You don't have a single pair of Solomon's? No, I don't. It's funny as my dad uh-huh. hikes in those. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. He's what, got the, a grip uh, of them. He's like got the like mid, the mid ones, yeah, like the, the Gore-Tex? No, like the, the fucking XT6 and all that really? stuff. Really? He hikes yeah, in he hike these shoes? Yeah, he's got them in Gore-Tex and the regular ones and stuff. Wow. It's great. Um, but I, I just mostly, I wear like Vans and then just, I've got tons of boots. I really like shoes, but I don't like sneakers, mm. so... Yeah, what like kind of shoe? A, you mentioned loafers earlier too. What kind of other shoes are you into? If you want to give some recommendations. Ooh. Uh, that's tough. I mean, I like, <laughs> I really like boots. I've got a bunch of Danner boots cause they're okay. from Portland, Oregon where I you know, grew up. So I like mm-hmm. that. I mean, that really has nothing to do with why I like them, but kind of does. Um, shit. I don't know. I just got some cowboy boots. They're kind of rad. That was pretty sick. Yeah, they're good. Oh, uh, I've really been enthusiastic about uh, these these trail running shoes that I got from this new Canadian company called Norda. They're quite cool. They're made uh, of yes. Biodyneema. Dyneema. Trees and Dyneema. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Shout Are out. Are they the, um, the Norda Satisfy collab or just Norda? It's the same model, but I got the okay. Norda ones because I've had them for a little while uh, okay, before sweet. they did that collab. But uh, they're pretty rad. I mean... I wear I wore them on quite a few little backpacking trips this summer, but I also just wear them around the city. They get so much attention; it's kind of annoying. Like, I mean, it's fun because I like to talk about this stuff, but like uh-huh. everyone from like the UPS guy to just you know, a, a, like someone's mom in the coffee line, mm-hmm. uh, coffee shop line, is like asking about them. It's they're they're pretty fun. I mean, they're expensive. Which ones do you have? Which ones do you have? Color wise, uh, just the kind of like tan colored ones i was a little concerned they'd be a little skin tone but I, they look oh, much better uh find them. irl ah uh, yes 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 i see but those are rad i've been wearing those a lot lately um these all black know. ones look sick yeah i'm not those usually like fan of all black shoes ones, i think yeah i'm not usually a fan like all black shoes i've always been against them even like i used to play soccer growing up and even then i didn't like all black cleats um it just it just felt too boring. But now, like an all black like Hoka, like those uh, engineer garment Hokas that are all black. Oh, yeah, yeah, beautiful. people love those. Beautiful. That's funny. Just something about them. I also grew up playing soccer, and oh, nice. I worked at a soccer store mm-hmm. uh, in high school, and I had all these these boots, these cleats. Um, and what's funny is that actually one of my favorite pairs was just like the classic, like Copa Mundial. And I would actually take the stitching off the, uh, Adidas stripes. So they would just be all black leather. Interesting. You take the stripes off. Yeah. Wow. Um, the closest (laughs) I had to an all black pair of shoes would probably be, I had Tiempo's like the Nike, you know, in the black and white where it was like, those are good. Those are classic. Half black, half white. That was cool. But besides that, I was I was a colorful guy. I wore the Magisto when that came out. And this this is probably after your time. This was like twenty what twenty fourteen World Cup. 
Okay. Was there a World Cup in 2014? 20... I don't know. I can't tell you. <laughs> sure. Don't I, sadly, sadly, I was like obsessed with soccer my whole youth and like mm-hmm. played competitively and stuff. And then I had a gnarly injury and I just couldn't ever uh, kind of play again. And I sadly have lost touch with it. But I also had a gnarly. I know I had two gnarly. I br- I tore both my ACLs on separate occasions. Oh shit! Oh goodness gracious! Yeah. Knock what on wood. To you? <laughs> I uh, dislocated or I uh, had a separation of the ac joint my shoulder so basically Ooh. i tore the ligaments that hold your collarbone to your shoulder blade yikes so and i played That's goalie so oh. i couldn't yeah do that, ever do that anymore <laughs> yeah um Jeez. yeah that was nice so my collarbone like doesn't connect to my shoulder blade it's kind of gross did you, did you not you didn't get surgery for it no at the time they didn't really have surgery for wow. it i mean it's yeah. it's fine now i mean okay. that was literally almost 20 years ago <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. If it's, if it's anything like an acl surgery like what they, when they say acl they say you can get surgery and you'll be better again but you don't need surgery you just won't be able to really run for a long time because it, yeah it keeps your knee from buckling basically the way that it works interesting yeah so i uh, i i think i have like a partial turn in in one of the ligaments of my knee i was oh. i did a, a snowboard trip in japan a few years ago with my cousin mm-hmm. And it was like the first day I like wrapped, I like got kind of caught on this little tree uh-huh. and it tweaked the heck out of my knee and it mm. popped and was given out and all this bad stuff. But that it was great otherwise. Oh, I mean, yeah, it sounds great otherwise. <laughs> but somehow it doesn't affect, it doesn't affect, uh, I can't really run more than like four miles or it starts to hurt, but I can hike mm. as many miles as, you know, I have the attention to. Interesting. So it might, it's an it interesting might be based injury. on like impact. You know, you're putting a lot more impact onto your knee when you're running rather than hiking. You're it's like it's low impact. Yeah, that could be it. Yeah, no, that sounds about yes. right. Yeah. I'm not going to fact check you on that. I'm just going to say you should. That, that is you really the case. should. No one should yeah. fact check anything I say or Graham says. <laughs> it's gospel, um, baby. It is. I mean, you just got. It. That's why I have a podcast. Why would I lie to anyone? I have a podcast. It's my job to tell the truth. Exactly. Um, I mean, we've kind of talked already about what you're wearing now. Uh, so let's talk about the future. What do you mm. hope to wear? What do you think will be in style? What are some? Well, hope to wear is a weird way to say it, but what are like some things you got your eye on? Hmm. Well, a year. A little over a year ago, I got these like really nice Le Mer trousers that I really mm-hmm. like and wear like basically every day. So I'd like to get some more, another pair of those, like one of the belted ones. Those are pretty sick. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I need some good button downs. So if anyone's got some recommendations, mm. hit your boy up. I oh, haven't worked does. in an office in like six years. So <laughs> <laughs> my like, uh, uh, you know, respectful yeah, hashtag like, days are yeah long gone yeah um i don't know man with apparel it's style it's hard it's like like i said i kind of just wear the same thing over and over again and then i you know i try and kind of dress the same if i'm going you know whether i regardless of like what i'm doing um but you know also i think uh, maybe that's not true I mean, if I'm, if I'm going skating, I'm not wearing the same as if I'm like going to a nice restaurant or something, but mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, by and large, it's really funny to like be in the city where people like really, you know, I walked through Soho. I went to Finelli's last night. It's a great restaurant. 
um, with some friends and it's like kind of a spot and like all the Supreme like skaters were there, but also uh, like all these other people. And it was like, it's really funny in moments like that. I'm like, man, I have just been living under a rock. I need to step my game up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I would say, um, Drake's. I brought, I bought a few dress Ooh, shirts. Yeah. I bought like a nice rugby, not really. It's like a long sleeve polo, which I don't see a lot of, but um, oh, okay. I'm like a big that. fan of it. Yeah. I bought that from Drake's and one of my buddies who was like really into menswear probably two years ago, he mm-hmm. got a new job, got big boy money and just decided Ooh. he was going to go all in on menswear. And so he just bought a ton of suits and Ooh. I can't remember where I can, I can send you his account and you can see where he got all of his menswear from. Cause it's still up. Interesting. Yeah. It's pretty <laughs> interesting stuff. He was like, he was deep in it too. He yeah. was like part of, he was, he was posting every day. He's targeting the algorithm. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's funny. Some friends, a friend of mine, him and his wife have a, um, a great men's suiting company called Brooklyn Taylors. Mm. Uh, and they do a lot of bespoke and custom, uh, apparel. And I had like all these shirts made back in the day, but they're so small now. I can't wear a single one of them. And, um, I did just get a suit from them, which is very nice. Mm. But, uh, yeah, I think, I think I'm going to have to go to Drake's and I have to get a nice shirt. You're going to have to. Of course. Yeah. There you go. Um, well, that's beautiful. Let's move on to the last section of the podcast. Pull my oh, phone man. for this. The last already? The last already, man. It's it's flown by, honestly. We can talk about more stuff if you want to. Shout right? out anyone still listening that I haven't bored to death with my intentional storytelling. It's only been like less than an hour. And I feel like, I don't know, it's flown by. I feel like we've been talking for 10 minutes yeah you know fast friends first date old pals date old pals (laughs) all right this is good i got some questions for you now okay these are reader submitted questions these are these are (laughs) reader submitted questions wow i guess readers not the right term yeah yeah these are listener submitted questions i work i'm a i'm just an old head who works on the internet internet. everything's a reader to me yeah well these are I guess they do read internet at magazine. some point. They have to be able to read to click on the podcast, whatever. Uh, Buttons Mag. Mm, anyway, maybe a competitor. Who knows? Mm. We'd like to say, or like to ask, what's something you think is underrated in life? Oh. Yeah. Pretty deep, Buttons. Underrated in life. Yeah. Uh, just like sitting by a body of water without your Mm. phone and just kind of throwing rocks into the water. I think that's nice. I think sitting anywhere without your phone is a little bit underrated. Yeah. Yeah. I feel more at peace when I walk outside my house without my phone on me. Oh yeah. I've got strict, uh, shout out my buddy, Joe, who does this company called light phone. Anybody Mm. who wants to get off their technology, light phone. It's good stuff. He's a great skateboarder, cool artist, Mm. made a phone. It's cool. Uh, but yeah, I don't, I don't bring the cell phone in the bedroom. Don't mm. bring the cell phone in the bathroom. Oh, don't bring the cell phone. One. Don't bring the cell phone, uh, on errands. If you don't need it, write down a list, wow. write your groceries on a piece of paper. Try it. That's crazy. I don't know if I could do that. <laughs> I don't know. I, don't... I mean, I spend like 15 hours a day on the internet, but I'm like a, a bit of a Luddite at, at, at heart. Uh huh. Well, I th- yeah, I think everyone, like humans, 
unless you're like terminally online and you're one of those people, there was like a, there was like a Reddit post <laughs> that was like, whenever I get taken out of a populated area, I start to cry and have panic attacks. Like, unless you're that person, oh, um, unless you're that goodness. person, you can probably spend some time without your phone somewhere, like leave it in another room. Um, yeah. I don't know if I could do the, the errands though. Cause like, I like to listen to a podcast when I'm grocery shopping. Okay. Something calm, you know, that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you got to do you. Hey, this, these, <laughs> that's just what works for me. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone's going to be different. Everyone's going to be yeah. different, but you, you can find something. Um, but yeah, underrated throwing rocks in at the water. Throwing rocks at the water. <laughs> Beautiful. Jameis <laughs> of greater goods of greater goods shop.filmag.com. Hell yeah. Shout out Jameis. Um, Jameis recently uh, house sat for me in New York while I was out of town. Well, that's what that's the question is. He wants to know <laughs> the best New York pizza. <laughs> dog i gave you a google or a google doc and he like went through 100 he pages went through long that whole list i saw he was going through everything and rating it oh my goodness the best new york slice yeah new york slice dog well i mean prince street pizza is banging but they're pop lovers so we can't support that um you know uh let's see uh this is tough i mean the best new york slice it doesn't matter no such just, thing the best new york slice yeah. is the slice that's right in front of you that's beautiful <laughs> <laughs> it's terrible it's a terrible cop out <laughs> just say something like like i don't know what's that one that everyone talks about joe's is that it yeah i mean joe's by on uh, west fourth it's banging go there yeah, just say get that a slice. And then, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh <laughs> next up cole.gnsn would like to know or sorry jnsn when did you start shooting film and what was your first film camera oh that's a nice wholesome question uh well um, i didn't actually start shooting film until my fourth year of my senior year of university mm, i wow. finally got into like black and white film course because i emailed mm -hmm. the instructor and he was like why didn't you email me four years ago uh and then that was fun and he i had a great instructor at university of oregon where i went and learned how to shoot or develop and print in the dark room mm -hmm. and had a great relationship I ended up running the dark room for a while um and i was just, actually just shooting on like a total pos uh, like mm -hmm. Canon rebel that was, um, one of my moms, both my parents were like, um, hobby photographers. They actually met when my mom was working at a camera store and my dad oh, wow. brought in that's, films that's so to cute. develop. It's very cute. Uh, I'm learning how your and, parents met. This is, this is great. This yeah. Is going see, really I told well. you, I told you, you, that, a candle. you just, you ask any question, I'm going to start talking about something completely different. Uh, yeah, that's good. But yeah, you know, like the photography is in the blood. Uh, I should be better at it because of that. But, you know, mm -hmm. we're, st we're still learning. Uh, yeah, I learned photography that way. That was, I don't know, thir thir four 13 years ago, 13 wow. years ago. Uh, and then so my first camera was just some sort of Canon something or other, just like mm -hmm. a regular um, SLR that you could find at Goodwill or what have you. Uh, and then I you know, in 
2010, I started buying all these cameras at Goodwill and stuff back when you could actually do that, you know? Mm -hmm. So I've gone through all sorts of Yashikas and Context Mm -hmm. T2. I still have a couple of those or, um, you know, but the T2 is like so expensive now because the Kardashians love it and everybody, you know, all the celebrities have it, which is great. It's a gorgeous Mm -hmm. camera, Um, beautiful titanium camera. So I still use that. But more recently, I bought um, this fantastic medium format point and shoot called a F- Fujifilm um, GA645, and it's it is effectively a um, point and shoot that's medium format. So it's great because the the film negative is larger, so you get higher resolution, and it's straight up like HD. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Like I have no interest in shooting thirty five millimeter now uh, after mm-hmm. shooting with that. And it's also interesting because you can only get 15 frames out of a medium format, uh, roll of film, 120 mm-hmm. roll of film on this camera versus 36. Uh, so film photography inherently makes you edit yourself, uh, yeah. so much more dramatically than digital. Obviously that's, you know, a point that's been shared a million times, but then to go even further and then shoot medium format and like be aware of, you know, the scarcity of your frames is it's pretty interesting. It's a fun exercise. And I really, I enjoy it a lot. You know, like, uh, it's crazy when people go on and trips and they shoot like 10 rolls of film and stuff. I mean, shout out those people. That's incredible. And I'm so impressed by that, but like, I have a hard time making it through a single roll of film sometimes on a trip. Just your self control or whatever you want to call yeah, it. I like, just, maybe this isn't worth it. I can get a better shot. Yeah. This I just day like put, or... put the, yeah, I frame it, you know, look through the viewfinder and I'm like, mm, this isn't going to be a banger. <laughs> it's so this pathetic. going to be a banger. There yeah, you go. It's, 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 it's a bizarre mentality, well, the, but the, the ability to do that, I think is very good. You know? Well, quality, I mean, I'm nothing. Quantity, if not right? an editor, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Um, Moving on to the next question now. The pussycat with three S's and a K instead of a C, I'd like to know. How do you maintain a sense of outdoor-based activism living in such a metropolitan New York City? Hmm. Well, uh, I think you just got to make the effort to go outside, you know? Mm-hmm. Like I said, growing up in the Northwest, I was really fortunate to just have that literally outside my back door was like old growth forest and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But that's not the experience that most people have. And so the outdoors, you know, I am a strong proponent that the outdoors can be anywhere. As long as you're outside, you could be on your roof, you could be mm-hmm. in the backyard, it could be at the local yeah. park. So I, I think just, you know, making the effort to actually go outside sit under a tree, sit in some grass on some dirt, whatever. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, if you're into bouldering, try and find a local crag and go learn how hard that is. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, you know, I, I think I maintain a sense of, you know, outdoorism or (laughs) whatever you want to say simply by just like aligning, you know, just like making the effort. I mean, it's a yeah. pain in the ass to go outdoors in New York, but when you do it, you're like, oh, this is great. I'm glad mm-hmm. I did this. Um, and, 
you know, also just like wearing sick gear <laughs> is a great way. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. If it's raining, put on a coat, go walk around, wear your Arcteryx, wear your thousand dollar alpha <laughs> and, uh, yeah. you know, post a pic. Get a fit off. Everyone's I mean, doing it these days. Yeah. No, no, no. But for real, like I love outdoor gear and I love mm-hmm. like nerding out on that stuff. And I love collecting, you know, even more titanium cups or whatever. And like, mm. I think, I think it's totally fine if you're getting it, if the way that you interact with the outdoors is like through, you know, Consumers. garments and products and things like that. I mean, as long as the, the benefit of being outdoors is not lost on you, then mm. I think, um, like having a relationship with the outdoors by like getting to wear cool shit and like, enjoying the way that you look and the way you know you look good feel good um and you want to go get a fit off in the woods or at the local park at the picnic like do it i think that's a great way to maintain a connection to sort of an outdoor life yeah i would agree especially if you know the ends of you buying the clothes are to go wear them out in nature because there was a it's it's lesser now but there was that whole you know arc twizzing the shower trend and kids getting into arcteryx because of yeet and all that and it's a little weird because you're going to spend six hundred dollars on a jacket that's like you're not going to use it really for what it's meant for which is quite a bit of money to spend on something that you like you're not going to get function out of um but i would say also yeah to your point i think that you know if buying those clothes does get someone out into nature then it's done the job correctly totally and i mean i think at the end of the day like it's hard enough to figure out your own sense of style and your own, you know, uh, personal aesthetic or what have you. And, it, and if, if you get caught up in some trend and buy some wild shit and then, <laughs> and then it doesn't, you know, make you feel yeah. good or whatever, then like, you know, you can learn from that experience. And, and, but I, but what I mean by that is like, I don't really hate on anybody that's like buying an Arcteryx jacket just to like wear it around town. Cause at the end of the day, like mm-hmm. a lot of, cities have really nasty weather man like you yeah. need hardcore out- outerwear to live in new york it's gnarly in the winter you know yeah. at times sometimes <laughs> it's very mild but uh <laughs> you live in chicago like man you need you need some summit series puffer you know something like that so you know whatever i think people could do whatever they want there's some definitely kooky shit going on but <laughs> whatever i'm certainly not uh <laughs> you know not, not immune to, to that yeah. yeah. Alrighty. Well, well that doesn't make question. very good like podcast fodder. I should just be like more yeah, of a you hater. Should really, like come down on like some trend out of nowhere. You should just like start hating on them. But <laughs> I'll hate on mountain biking. Oh yeah, you <laughs> did. You did kind of already. You did hate on that. What's the beef with that? <laughs> no, just mountain biking is like I get so many damn pitches about mountain biking from brands and all this oh. stuff, and it's just like it's so specific, like. First of all, there's insane consequence. Mountain biking is so dangerous. I mean, I've I've done plenty and do plenty of extremely dangerous things for fun. Uh, so I can't necessarily say that that's a bad thing. But it just feels like mountain biking is like it's just so niche. You know, to mm-hmm. anything that requires like a four thousand dollar vehicle to yeah. enter is just mm-hmm. preposterous. And yeah. to think that you know, and it's like predominantly done. Or like beloved by like people in like goofy ass mountain towns. Um I don't know. 
I mean, That's mountain good. biking is fun. I've done it. This is one of the many things that I'll just like hate on and then get into later, like climbing. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think for now, my stance is I'm not down with mountain biking. A little corny. S- sorry, Bob, if you're listening. Court grips. Number one, <laughs> homie. Field Number mag. One, homie. <laughs> Field mag editor at large and resident uh, mountain bike dog. You got to have diversity in the program. There has to be one mountain biker. One mountain biker. <laughs> I don't know. I think we're making an exception. I'll allow him. Yeah. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. Um, the next question from Ari Naturalist, Naturalist sorry, asks, why just guy photographers? Where are the females? Oh, that's a great question. Where are the females, Graham? Well, they're out there. Uh, and you yeah, know, we got to do, do a better job of finding them. I will say that I haven't, um, you know, Instagram is tough Mm -hmm. running websites, tough. Like we certainly have more interest from photographers, uh, you know, sliding into DMS or emailing or whatever, than then we kind of have bandwidth to handle. So Mm -hmm. the like a total bullshit cop out of an answer is just like, you know, often we're just kind of featuring the best of what we can see within when we give ourselves 10 minutes to scan through DMS or through, you know, submissions and boxes yeah. and things like this. Um, so we need to certainly be better at, um, being aware of, you know, who we're promoting and stuff, but it's funny because maybe this person commented, someone else commented something similar on a recent, uh, Instagram post. Mm, might've been the same and, person. Yeah, maybe. Or if it's not, then we really need to be listening. Um, mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of extremely talented women photographers and I mean, this is probably episodes coming out probably after this, but we're launching a, a, our second annual photo contest, um, Mm. for film photographers next week. That's going to run through, uh, middle of early of November. And, uh, yeah, that's going to be a lot of fun. Hopefully we're going to get. Uh, a wide variety of people submitting. I'll get into film just to, uh, just to do it. Yeah, do it. I got you. Yeah. First place. Second, second place. Second place. Yeah. You can't make it too obvious. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have the vision. I have the eye for it. I'll, it'll be good. Good. I I'll take a photo of like the inside of your house. <laughs> in second place. <laughs> Blackmail me into it. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. And then we'll just get like one of your old photos and submit that as my real second place. And then, yeah. There you go. I won't That's remember. Good it's fine. Cool. Um, Fisher Monahan would like to know, will FieldMag ever publish non-photography slash film related content? Uh, will you ever post non-film photography content? Oh, well, I mean, we post a lot of, or, I mean, the website the main entity of field mag a lot of people just think field mag is an instagram account uh which uh-huh. it certainly is but yeah you know we're a big digital publication on the internet that that's good you know hundreds yeah. of thousands of people read on the resume and i understand on the linkedin page hundreds of yeah, thousands yeah <laughs> uh and we publish a whole lot of non-photography and non-film photography content mm-hmm. there you can find uh, very dreamy cabins and and other sort of uh, architectural accommodations of the sort. And we cover a lot of gear reviews and uh, product releases. 
things of that nature, interviews with really great mm -hmm. um, designers and photographers and activists and people that are, uh, you know, making moves and then the modern outdoor space. Uh, in terms of the Instagram account, which is most likely more what this person's talking about. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I mean, that's something I've kind of struggled with for a long time, to be honest. Also, it's like, when are we going to get rid of the little white border? I know a lot of people use Instagram on dark mode. Mm -hmm. So I assume the kind of white border on the photo doesn't look great. The reason we do that is because the four to five crop ratio, which is the largest photo size you can post on Instagram, is just kind of limiting. We are inherently already only post portrait ratio photos um, mm -hmm. in order to take up the most screens possible. So mm -hmm. by cropping at three to four, we get a little bit more out of those images and don't have to crop as much. Um, but that is a, a, another little tangent. But, you know, it's just kind of fun. I think the film photo stuff is fun. Mm -hmm. um, we do on, a on occasion, we do like post about products and stuff on Wednesdays. We were doing that for a little while. Um, but yeah, who knows? I mean, I'm I'm open to anything. It's uh, it's going to be a new year soon. Maybe we'll switch things up and do more digital photography. But you know, personally, I like shooting film. I hate editing photos, so I don't do a lot of digital myself. I'm not against it by any means. But um, you know, perhaps we'll get some more digital on there. Like and subscribe and follow along. You like know? and subscribe and follow and turn on notifications. <laughs> ring ring the little bell. Tell your mom. Tell your mom. You know. Don't forget to tell your mom. Mm hmm Hey. Nice. Gotta, yeah. you know, it's important. <laughs> Gotta tell your mom. Have yeah. you seen that? It's a TikTok that me and my roommates quote all the time. And I don't know if it's actually a big deal, but there's one guy who's just like, they're using apple juice as floor cleaner. Don't forget to tell your mom. <laughs> so we'll just say like randomly to each other, did you know they're using apple juice as floor cleaner? I don't know. Just that's that's a nothing. Don't worry about that. That's just me being weird. Um, no, just that sounds great. I'm not familiar little, with that one, but I'm gonna go. I'll send just, it to you. It's I don't know if you think it's funny, but we think it's hilarious. Um, I can't wait. Yeah, I'll find it right now. Stormfit would like to know which novel or book captures and represents nature closest to how whoa <clears throat> closest to how you try to show through your photos. Oh. So that's a, yeah, that's a pretty that's deep question. Intense, yeah, that's that an intense, intense question. Damn, you were like really threw me for a curveball by including <laughs> the serious ones. Um, I had to. They're mostly serious, honestly. Yeah. Um I don't know. That's tough. I mean, I mentioned uh Barbarian Days by William Finnegan earlier. That's a classic. Anyone who's like surfed has probably read it. Um, it's a great memoir about a young man growing up surfing, traveling around the world, mm -hmm. learning, learning things about himself and in the culture and yada, yada. Um, yada, it's yada. really cool. It's also interesting if you don't surf. Um, but that's great. Uh, I mean, there's a fantastic book. Um, let's see. It is called the mother tree. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm trying to remember who Susan Simard, I believe, wrote it. She is a um, like ecologist, and it's all about how trees are interconnected. And it's sort of about the like mushroom mycology type of vibe that's um, going around. Yeah, yeah. Um, how like old growth trees 
will um, send messages to each other and mm-hmm. they share nutrients and all this stuff and why yeah. clear cutting is like so awful mm-hmm. and why often when they replant clear cuts, they do it with homogenous, you know, just like a single type of tree and that, mm-hmm. you know, has a negative effect on the local flora and fauna and general like ecology and stuff. So I think that is a, a dope book that people should read. It'll open up their perspective on the importance of trees and how dope trees are and that you should go hug a tree. Um, mm. Yeah, that's two. That seems good. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that sounds good to me. Um, next from light pennies would like to know, do you think most landscapes will be changed to other attractions in the future? Now this is, I don't know what they quite meant by this, but I think they meant like, do you think that they're going to destroy national parks or forests in the future? That's what I got from it. I don't know about you. Yeah, man. Pave paradise and put up a parking lot, right? <laughs> yep. Uh, I don't know. That's tough. I mean, I don't think that national parks are going to be threatened, but I think mm-hmm. a lot of national forests yeah. are going, you know, and, and, um, national wetlands and things like that are going to continue to be, you know, raped and pillaged. And, um, I think it's, it's a bit of a dark moment and, uh, I don't want to take the, (laughs) I don't want to take this podcast for a negative turn, but I am not exactly optimistic about, uh, the, the future of, you know, old mother earth, sadly. Um, I hope not. I hope they don't. I really, uh, you know, I really enjoy getting outside and looking at, you know, I think for me, the the nicest thing I can do is go on a little hike and get to a point where I can, a viewpoint where I can just look out and see nothing but nature. Forest. Yeah. You know, whether it's forest or the ocean or lake Mm. or whatever. And I think that if more people had that opportunity to experience those moments, um, and I think that we would be in a better place. That's good. So what Graham here is advocating for is to kidnap your local senator and tie them to a tree in the forest and just leave them yeah. so they can really yeah. experience nature. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. I do wholeheartedly support that. Good. They're all crooks. They are. I agree, man. <laughs> um, this is your uh, yeah, New York cynic. Yeah. yeah well, I've, that don't too. worry. I've been on there quite a few times. Um, my last question for you today, then we're mm. all done. Then you're, I'm kicking you out immediately as soon as you answer the question. Okay, good. I hope I do a good job. <laughs> Neil Summers, friend of the pod, would like to know, who do I send press releases to? That's an easy <laughs> one, right? That's a fun one to end on. <laughs> you're already trying to get me to give up my address before we were on the call. You are asking for my social security. You and asked now for you're my social to, security. Now, now you're trying <laughs> Now you're trying to get me to give out my email. Yeah. Come on, dog. Uh, you can send a press release to hello at fieldmag.com. And that's an inbox that I I don't do a very good job of checking. But I promise you, Neil, that I will check it and I'll keep an eye out. Unless it's a press release about like a mountain bike helmet, and then I'm not going to read it. Exclusively mountain biking press releases coming your way. 
Uh, hey man, that'd be pretty funny. Maybe if I was smart, I'd like pivot entirely to like uh, women mountain biking because that is actually a segment that's like blowing up right now. There needs really? to be more coverage of women in the outdoors. Obviously, that's a duh statement, but mm-hmm. I've always you're a hero for that, Graham. Thank you. <laughs> no, but I meant to say that like yeah, if I was a smart business person, I would just like fully pivot towards that. But mm-hmm. but I'm not. So not perfect. No one's perfect. No, no mountain bikes. Sorry, guys. Um, well, that being said, do you have any questions for me before we cap it off? Mm, no, but you never asked me about like what field mag is. So I'm gonna oh. take my final sentence uh, final breaths of air here <laughs> and uh plug my own little corner of the internet here go ahead go ahead for the uh thousands of thousands and thousands of hundreds of thousands readers and listeners and subscribers and patreon followers and you know tumblr Tumblr? reposters yeah you're on tumblr right yeah definitely who isn't yeah 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 okay good uh field mag is a great website that you should tell all your friends and your mom about and make sure you uh, tell your mom yeah yeah i mean you're cleaning floors with apple juice this is big news make sure you tell your mom (laughs) um no field mag is a is a place for lovers of good design and the great outdoors and it's a, a great little independent publication run by myself and two or three other uh very cool people who are based in New York and Philadelphia and Vermont and uh, Boston and all sorts of other places. And we publish beautiful visual storytelling and stories of adventure. And we talk to great people and we write about cabins and hot tubs and saunas. And we do extremely dank curated lists of Airbnbs that you should go stay at and Mm -hmm. impress your partner or want to be, you know, your crush. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Um, and uh, yeah, that's what we do. There you go. There's the pitch. Hope everyone enjoyed. Uh, Graham, do you have any questions for me? Or no? No, it's fine. You can say no. Uh, you're, yeah, not, you're, I mean, not, I, you're not supposed to have any. Well, I mean, I, I was listening to some of the other apps and mm. it, there was much more back and forth. I feel like I didn't really give you much. I kind of just like, received the football and then ran the entire time well that's because you're an all-star man see those other guests those other guests they needed my support to keep going forward but for you you're down the line you don't need it yeah no i've just been locked up in my little apartment in the city begging for somebody to give me a soapbox so uh so thank you it's right here uh well i got a question for you yeah 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 national parks or national forest Mm. Um <clears throat> I think All right, so we're going to start off by saying this. Some of the national parks are duds. All right. <laughs> like uh Love it. F- FDR, it's a hot springs one, hot springs national park. Um it's a dud. Don't know if you've ever been there. It's literally just a building with a natural hot spring in the bottom of it. Um I mean, hot springs are pretty dope. You're is a tough sell on it's one building. It's one building in a city with a hot spring in the bottom of it. That's the national park. 
All right. Because FDR used to use it. So I'm going to call that one a dud. Volcanoes Old National Dude Park. Soup National Park. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Volcanoes National Park is cool. But once you've been once, you've seen everything you're going to see. All right. Um, we need to get you writing Yelp reviews. <laughs> everywhere else I've been, I've really enjoyed. That said, however, the national forests that I've seen, they feel, I guess because there aren't as many people, uh, they just feel more wild to me. You know, they feel more natural because mm-hmm. in a national park, you know, you've got the cars driving, you've got people on the hikes with you. It's you're definitely in nature and it's definitely amazing. But if you're out in the middle of some national forest, it feels more like you're in the middle of nowhere, I think. Yeah, I'm down. Yeah. Okay. You know, it's in, it's interesting. I know you tried to end the podcast, but I was gonna keep talking. Oh, um, I, I don't have the time of it. I do. Is time it? at seven thirty, but yeah. <laughs> you gotta go you soccer practice. To talk. Yeah, no, no. Um I'm my friends are coming over at seven thirty. <laughs> okay uh no but i mean what i was gonna say uh, uh, that made me think of and what i was saying earlier about you know going for a walk and looking out at some forest is i was talking to a friend about that who's british and he was saying that like what a distinctly american um you know want that is is to like be in a oh, place of nature mm-hmm. where you where you feel like you are maybe the first person to be there or something like that mm. and then it is like sort of an a weird destiny. yeah it's like a bit of like a weird white colonizer type of mentality nah. um, no and... i'm rejecting that i'm a, that's you know what he was doing he was he was um he's being typically british and trying to tell was, me he was Everything. projecting. He feels bad that his ancestors did all those awful things. <laughs> um, so yeah. don't I don't feel bad about wanting to be in nature alone. I think that's a fine no, no, human no. experience to desire. No, I agree with you. <laughs> uh, I agree with you. Cool, but cool. you know, just 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 uh, trying to provoke that it is. It's interesting to like look at our perspective of of outdoorsing um from like a distinctly american or north american perspective when we got some great lads across the pond with a whole different experience they don't have many trees there so you know it's hard trees i've i a lot of my listenership is um and followers on the page are uk based and Hmm. i always make fun of the peaks district and the treeless rolling hills that everyone takes pictures of when they're going on hikes over there. There is like at least <laughs> one forest. Like there is one forest that people have been to, but it's, I, I, it looks the same. I don't know. I think it's the same forest. They're all just taking turns. Yeah. But have you gone up? You got to go to like Wales or Scotland. And I went to Wales. Hardcore stuff out there, man. I you know, it's Wales. where climbing started. You know, the really? term campusing, you know, the, uh, yeah, expression for in, in bouldering, bouldering. The, ex- the, the expression from bouldering, campusing. Yes, yes. Yes. Oh, I remember now. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that was, if I remember correctly, is based off of like the first climbing gym was built at a university campus in Sheffield. Really? Yeah, and that was like where they you. they made yeah. the first like uh, like fingerboards and all this stuff. I mean, I'm sure people in Switzerland or wherever. You know, I've been doing that for eons. Cavemen were campusing, doing, you know, working on their finger strength, doing crimps and stuff around the campfire. Mm-hmm. But, you know, <laughs> the lads, the lads in the UK are hardcore. 
Don't yeah. don't count them out just because oh, they're no, not trees. They're definitely they're definitely better at bouldering and climbing than I've ever been and probably will ever be <laughs> in my life. Yeah, me and, too. And uh, they've even you know I'm a little bit of a poser when it comes to um, actual camping. I've only been on a bouldering trip for one night or not bouldering trip, backpacking trip for one night. That's the longest I've ever been out there. Um, I've never that's done okay. a multi day. I know, I know, but like, there's always know, time. That's what I'm saying. Compared to the, compared to these people that I'm making fun of for not having real nature, they've done more nature than I have. Well, I mean, of course you can't make, I mean, making fun of people is best when you actually don't know what you're talking about, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're right. Actually. That's, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> Because then when you actually learn it, and then you're like, oh, wait, I, I'm an idiot. I shouldn't mm. be making fun of this. No, so. once you learn it, then you double down and you yeah. say. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's what I meant yeah. to say. Yeah. <laughs> once you have the knowledge to be even more wrong, that's when you double down. <laughs> that's when you, you learn and then you reject. That's good. Yeah. yeah. Very healthy are, way to have interactions with people. Stages of uh, self-education. <laughs> Beautiful. Beautiful. Uh, do you have anything else for me? I don't, Trees. I'm gonna let you go. I've, cool. I've well, taken hey. so much of your time. No, thank it's you. okay. I have I have got lots of time. Don't worry. Well, Graham, aka Mr. Field Mag, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. <laughs> thank you for having me. It was uh it was a pleasure. Thanks for anyone who's listening, and thanks for anyone who's uh, you know, reading the newsletter and and uh and liking our silly little photos on Instagram and yeah like subscribe yeah go on field mag and click some ads help us out yeah don't forget to tell your mom (laughs) adios Mm -hmm.